Greetings, everyone. This is Terry Naturally with another edition of Terry Talks Nutrition. We're here every Saturday and Sunday morning from 8 o'clock until 9 o'clock Central Standard Time. And we're here for you. We want to share information that may help you make better decisions, choices, that can improve your lifestyle and your health. I always keep saying that you and I are the only ones responsible for our health, and we are the only ones that can improve our health. Now that sounds almost a little bit crazy when I say that you and I are the only ones that can improve our health. But our health comes from the choices we make. We can choose to eat garbage, garbage in, garbage out, right? And by garbage, I mean fast food, processed foods, non-nutritious foods. I see some people having lunch, eating french fries and a soda. That's their lunch. That is pure garbage. And they don't realize that they're undermining their health and their immune system. And they, stay, they may stay, you know, maybe they're 40 or 50. And that means they're relatively healthy. But when they get whacked by the virus, they have nothing left to fight back with because they have nothing that has built their health or their immune system. And they're just surviving, not thriving. So we are here just to share information with you to help you make those better choices, eat a better variety of foods, lots of good fruits, vegetables, good proteins, healthy fats. That was the diet of our ancestors. But now modern farming, agriculture, processing of foods, food preparations that get prices down, but also the quality and the nutrition suffers from processing and preparing foods. Even eating a good diet today, a good healthy diet, doesn't guarantee you health anymore. Our food has been changed so drastically, but you still can't give up It's the best we have today. So you still have to make diet, your food. When I say diet, I'm not saying you're dieting, that you're losing weight. What you eat is your diet, regardless of how you use it, for losing weight, gaining weight, whatever it might be. But our diet should be made up of good, quality, healthy foods. That's the foundation. We've known for Thousands of years. Food is our best medicine. It's a fuel that our body needs, including our immune system, and more today than ever before. They claim that this virus is going to get even worse over the next several months. Now, I saw, I saw something really funny this morning on one of the news reports. You know how they have, they have locked us down in the beginning of March and April because of the 
virus. They quarantined us. They put us inside our homes. And now I saw a report this morning that said the virus could get more severe during the winter time because that's when everybody stays indoors. What? How oh how crazy. You know, the experts on this viral condition, I don't think anybody has an answer. It constantly changes week by week. I've got off the subject a little bit, but it's our health that makes the difference, even with the virus. The healthier we are, the better chance we have to fight back against viral invasions, viral infections, bacterial infections, fungal infections. Our body's equipped with a healthy immune system if we eat correctly and we get all the required nutrients, especially four vitamins and two minerals that are required for a healthy immune system. So that's why we're here. I just want you to understand that the doctors aren't responsible for your health, nor do they know anything about health. They are chasing diseases and prescribing drugs for diseases. Most doctors don't believe in food, don't believe in diet, don't believe in supplements. But now we're seeing also reports on that. I just saw a report yesterday. We need more vitamin A, vitamin E, and vitamin D to fight against the virus. It's going to come down to nutrition as one of the major factors of maintaining a healthy environment, our our environment, against viral infection. So that's why we're here. And we do also make available our website, terrytalksnutrition.com for you to explore and browse around for more information. And you can also listen to our radio show live on the computer because we live stream the radio show to the computer, to our website. And you can also go in and listen to all the other shows that have been archived on our website. And we have a weekly newsletter. Every Friday, it goes out to your email address. If you subscribe to it, you'll get it every Friday. Or you can go in and read all the newsletters that we have archived on our website as well. But today, we have a good selection of scientific information for you. Things you can use and it has been proven scientifically. We're going to talk about ADHD. And we're going to be talking about how to reduce stress anytime, but especially at work. We're going to talk about HIIT, H-I-T-T, H-I-I-T rather, H-I-I-T, for your heart, high-intensity interval training. Memory problems, I think a lot of people do have memory problems. And that may indicate high blood pressure. And then we're talking about 
how to make or find a good essential oil as a rinse for your mouth because a lot of viruses enter the body through the oral cavity. And then we have a lot more. So let's get started with our featured topic, which is help for ADD and ADHD, two conditions that are common in children, but also for some adults as well. And the drug prescribed for generations has been Ritalin, R-I-T-A-L-I-N. Not a good drug. Has major side effects. Can you get by without using the drug? Well, here's a new study. Finds that the rate of attention deficit disorder, ADD, has increased 60% in the last 20 years. A lot of that is diet. And what kids are eating today. But currently, about 14% of boys and 6% of girls have ADHD. And 60% of these kids will end up on drugs, prescribed drugs. The drug, Ritalin, R-I-T-A-L-I-N, has significant adverse effects. After taking the drug for three years, kids are one inch shorter and almost five pounds lighter than those who are not taking the drug. Adverse effects include loss of appetite, loss of weight, difficulty in sleeping, stomach aches, headaches, and long-term effects are developing children are totally unknown yet. But a new study found that children with ADHD treated with drugs are eight times more likely to develop Parkinson's disease when they are adults. Not much to look forward to from taking a drug prescribed for ADD and ADHD. So what is the first step in not having to take a drug or getting off the drug? Well, eliminate all sugar or foods made with sugar, refined flour, and most carbohydrates, no soda, no sweetened drinks like juice, crackers, candy, cookies, bread, pasta, cake, or ice cream. This might be a very good change for most Americans. And this really sounds like the ketogenic diet. A healthy protein diet, not high protein. You don't need high protein to be healthy. 
a lot of people say, well, if you reduce your carbohydrates, then that must mean a high-protein diet. No. Just average. About a pound, excuse me, about a, about a gram of protein for every kilo of body weight. So if you weigh 150 pounds, that's about 75 kilos. So that's about 75 grams of protein per day. But reducing the carbohydrates and the sugar severely. No sugar. You'll need a little carbohydrates. And that depending on individuals. It could be anywhere from 20 grams of carbohydrates to about 80 grams of carbohydrates per day. But not the 400 to 500 grams of carbohydrates per day that most Americans eat today. No artificial food coloring. Here's something you may not have known. The amount of artificial food coloring in children and in the food that children consume is five times higher today than in the 1970s. Scientific studies and researchers have connected artificial food coloring with increased severity of ADD and ADHD symptoms. So step two. Two additional key nutrients to help kids focus better. One is called phosphatidylserine. It has been clinically proven to increase attention and reduce impulsive behavior in children. In a study of children ages 4 to 19, already having ADHD, 90% of the participants improved after supplementation with phosphatidylserine. French grapeseed extract reduces inflammation of the brain. ADHD is strongly associated with inflammation and autoimmune diseases. A recent study found that high levels of inflammation in infants in infants was associated with increased risk of ADHD later in life. Grapeseed extract has been shown to reduce the specific markers of inflammation associated with ADHD down to near normal levels after using French grapeseed extract. So how do you use this combination? Well, start with a combination of about 30 milligrams of phosphatidylserine about 25 milligrams of French grapeseed extract, and a combination of rhodiola, L-tyrosine, N-acetylcysteine, L-taurine, vitamin B6, DHA, DMAE bitartrate. This is a really good formulation to help kids become more calm, less impulsive, 
reduce their unusual behavior, have them focus better, and learn better. So this combination for children age around age about four years and up, give it to them once a day. But you can increase the dose as needed every few days until you find the child becomes calm and more focused. Also consider giving the child, which I think is really an excellent recommendation based on science, omega-3 fatty acids, along with peptides and phospholipids. And those phospholipids are the same phospholipids found in the human brain. These phospholipids and peptides come from salmon without any heat or chemical processing. This is a good combination. Also, there is some really good research that shows that glutathione, the active form, the reduced form, is very, very effective for these children as well. All right, are you stressed? Well, this really is a time to think about that, stressed. Take a look around the world, huh? Everybody is stressed out. But there are a lot of people that are still working, even with all these conditions going on throughout the world. And they are even more stressed out at work. And maybe this is a solution. And based on scientific studies on red ginseng. There's a very special form of ginseng called HRG80. And this was a double-blind, placebo-controlled clinical trial comparing a clean, whole-root red ginseng, HRG80, versus standard white ginseng and placebo. So there's three groups in this trial. One group is taking the red ginseng. Another group is taking the white ginseng. And one group is taking a placebo or a fake pill. Now the difference between white ginseng and red ginseng are a simple process. White ginseng is a species called Penix Meyer. That's the species. Both white and red ginseng come from the same species. The white ginseng typically is grown from four to six years. And then it is harvested. It is peeled and dried. And then they may powder it They may put it in alcohol to make it a tincture. They may slice it up. It just depends on how they want to sell it. The red ginseng actually is harvested, cleaned, and then cooked or steamed. The heating process 
develops more powerful compounds in the red ginseng than in the white ginseng. These compounds are called jacinocytes. And there's a very rare, noble form of these jacinocytes. They're not found commonly in the white ginseng, but there is some research that shows that the small amount of jacinocytes in white ginseng can be converted in the gut by our bacteria to a higher level of jacinocytes, which are far, far more potent, seven times more potent, and 17 times more bioavailable. But we don't know how many of these jacinocytes are produced in the gut, and in some people, maybe not at all. So the red ginseng, based on steaming, increases a level of these rare noble jacinocytes seven times more than white ginseng. You know, there's more value, and this may seem funny to some people, some people think raw diets are really, really good, not necessarily. Properly steamed vegetables, like carrots, for example, give you more nutrients than they are in the raw state. Because we can't digest carrots, broccoli, or other vegetables in the raw state as easily as we can digest them when they are properly steamed. Now, you don't want to cook the heck out of them and throw away the water, which contains many of the nutrients. But don't shy away from eating healthy, steamed, or stir-fried vegetables. They're healthy. And when you steam it, you rupture the fibers, which makes it more available, and you get more nutrients. For example, in carrots, you get more beta-carotene from a cooked carrot than you do from a raw carrot. But you, because we can't digest the fiber. So the red ginseng has a more powerful effect on all aspects of human health. And in this study on stress, 50 healthy adults between the ages of 18 and 65 who had very stressful, mentally demanding office work, probably like accounting or some other aspect of business where they were mentally challenged, a lot of mental work. Some people say to me that, you know, I'm I'm not digging ditches, but the work I do in the office is more demanding and more tiring than if I were working out in the field digging ditches because it's so stressful. So when these 50 healthy adults who are stressed out in their occupation took a treatment for over 12 days with red ginseng 
or white ginseng, or a placebo. And in the placebo, it's just a, usually like a flower, or in this case it was rice flour. So while taking each treatment, they all took it for a period of time to see the difference how they responded in the period of time that they took the white ginseng or the red ginseng or the rice flour. And these participants completed mental and stress tests in the morning and after a day's work. So not only were they working and receiving a tremendous amount of stress from working, but then they also had to be tested after their stressful day. So while taking the red ginseng, the subjects or participants had significant improvement in their mental focus. They made fewer errors at their occupation. And on the mental assessment test, they made even fewer errors. So the results were detectable even after the first day of use. Taking ginseng, red ginseng, 200 or 400 milligrams in the morning and they could see a improved effect of stress, lowering stress, reducing fatigue and tiredness, improved energy levels and mental function even after one day of use. When taking white ginseng, or the placebo, their mental assessment scores actually got worse. So both red and white ginseng reduced stress levels, but significant reductions were seen by day five with red ginseng, and with the white ginseng, it took up to 12 days before they saw a lowering of stress. So the red ginseng dosage was about 200 milligrams daily for red ginseng and no significant adverse effects were reported or side effects. I like to take 200 milligrams daily first thing in the morning. For some people, they may want to take 400 milligrams for two or three days, and then reduced to 200 milligrams a day thereafter. That's kind of like just a little bit of a jump start, getting things going, like charging the battery. You get better effects. But I've got to pause here for a few moments. I'll be right back here with Terry Talks Nutrition. I'm Terry Naturally. And welcome back, my friends. This is Terry Naturally with Terry Talks Nutrition. We're back here for our second portion of the show. We're here to the top of the hour and stay with us if you can. We have a lot more coming up your way. And if you have to leave us, in a few days we'll have this up on the air on our website so you can listen to it whenever you want at your convenience. And when you're on our website, take a few minutes to sign up for our newsletter. 
It's totally free. We'll send you a newsletter every Friday with more information on how to choose a better lifestyle. So let's talk about HIT. H-I-I-T. And especially for your heart. HIT is a system called High Intensity Interval Training, which is absolutely fantastic for your heart. You don't have to run marathons. You don't have to run at all. In fact, I think running is one of the most unhealthy exercises. Have you ever seen anyone who runs marathons often? They are pretty much really leaned out, very thin, no muscle structure. Because they are using a exercise, or think, I don't consider that to be an exercise. That's a sport. Running marathons does not make anyone healthy. In fact, there are more complications with cold and flu, immune disorders, and fractured, stress fractures, and a number of things. Joints can't take that kind of pounding. So it's not an exercise. If people that run marathons and want to win, that's a sport. And if you want to do that, I guess go ahead. But if you're looking for something to improve your heart and your muscle structure, just, and you know, I'm, I'm not saying build muscle, but be stronger. And you're, you'll have stronger bones. So you see a marathon, they're thin and lean, no muscle structure. And then you look at a track athlete that runs very, very short distances, and they are very muscular. And that is what is called high-intensity interval training. Doing something very, very fast, very, very short, and more frequently. So a group of Norwegians, Norwegian researchers, followed 1,500 people in their 70s for five years. So this was an elderly group of people that they followed for five years. And they divided this group into three individual groups. One group did HIT, H-I-I-T, that is the high-intensity training, twice a week. Moderate-level continuous exercise training, twice a week. Or follow general exercise recommendations on whatever they felt they wanted to do. Nothing was specified. The HIT group used a 10-minute warm-up followed by four individual four-minute intervals where subjects' heart rates reached 90% of their maximum rate twice a week. Moderate intensity continuous exercise group, so they were just doing a moderate, they reached about 70% of their maximum heart rate 
working out twice a week. So the results of these groups of exercise participants, the HIT group had the best outcome. Better aerobic fitness and better mental and physical quality of life. Stronger muscles, stronger bones, better posture. Everything was more improved on the high-intensity interval training. The HIT group had a small trend for a decreased risk of death of all causes. And researchers now will be extending the study for another five years to see if this trend continues. So, if you ride or row, rowing, rowing is an exercise. If you row, you row really, really hard for a few minutes, and then you stop. And you do that four, five, six times. Or you pedal a stationary bicycle, or a bicycle outside, really hard. Or you jog or run really hard for a few moments until you lose your breath, and then you walk. You have to get your heart rate up high, but very, very short period of time. My favorite exercise for that is the kettlebell. If you have not seen a kettlebell, you can go on the website, our website, Terry Talks Nutrition, and I have a video showing you what a kettlebell is. It looks like a cannonball with a handle. And you grab the handle and you swing it between your legs. It's called the kettlebell swing. You can probably go on the internet and Google kettlebell swing. And if you do that for about a minute or until you lose your breath, and then you stop and you do something that is a passive exercise, like just jogging in place or doing jumping jacks or doing burpees or doing a stationary bicycle or jump rope, slowly, just to catch your breath for about two minutes. Now you exercise totally for three minutes. One minute really, really hard. Get your heart rate up. You'll lose your breath. And then two minutes of reduced activity, but still moving around. You don't want to sit down. You want to, you want to move. If somebody were younger, they would probably run the 100-yard dash or longer if they could. And then walk in place or walk back to the starting point and then run it again. Doing small increments of exercise at a very high rate is more effective than doing long-term exercise like 30 minutes or 40 minutes or an hour. So we exercise just three minutes. That's one cycle. You should get about five or six cycles in. So totally you exercise the kettlebell swing one minute, six times. So six minutes of really exhaustive exercise 
and then you have 12 minutes of passive exercise. So you have about 18 minutes of exercise, which is far more effective than running long distances. This is the fastest way to improve the quality of your heart, strengthen your bones, better circulation. So this is a shorter time to work out, more intense, and a little bit more frequent, but more effective. Now, do you have trouble thinking? Well, you could probably, we could all probably raise our hand, right? Trouble thinking? Memory problems? Well, you might want to check your blood pressure. Vascular dementia is a common problem causing loss of memory. Alzheimer's disease, which is quite serious in the elderly. And it is the most common type of dementia. The second most common after Alzheimer's disease is what is called vascular dementia. Regarding reduced blood supply to the brain caused by leaking or blocked blood vessels resulting in damaged or dead brain cells. So here are some of the symptoms that might alert you to this fact. These are symptoms in the early stages of vascular dementia. Problems with planning, organizing, and making decisions. Slower speed of thought. Short periods of confusion. Mild memory problems. Mood changes. Even to the extent of depression. By getting your blood pressure down, you may be able to avoid vascular dementia. Here's a 2016 study found that high blood pressure is a significant risk of vascular dementia. It's a risk factor for sure. Researchers looked at seven years of medical records from over 4 million patients. And the result of this study and very young ages, people ages 30 to 50 with high blood pressure had a 62% increased risk of vascular dementia. High blood pressure damages blood vessels, including those blood vessels that are found in the brain and brain cells loss of brain cells and increasing the likelihood that the blood vessels will become blocked over time or they may even burst. 
leading to vascular dementia in a more severe form. Now, there's a way to lower your blood pressure alternatively than drugs, but I'm not telling you to stop your drugs if you're on blood pressure medications. Talk to your doctor. But this is an alternative that has good scientific studies behind it and it works as effectively as drug medications. And that is a combination of French grapeseed extract with olive leaf extract. Olive leaf lowered systolic pressure, the top number, by 11 points and the diastolic pressure by 5 points, the bottom number. These results are equal to a prescription blood pressure medication and was in a human clinical trial research study. 16 trials on French grapeseed extract in over 800 patients confirm that it is effective as reducing blood pressure levels with medication and without significant side effects or adverse events. So a combination of French grapeseed extract with olive leaf extract was found to be as effective as blood pressure medication. Here's something I like to do every morning. I brush my teeth, floss, previous, and then I rinse my mouth with essential oils. Better than any off-the-shelf mouth rinses that are loaded with stuff I wouldn't want to put in my mouth. So I use natural essential oils. Actually, they are extremely effective for immune protection. We have more bacteria, harmful bacteria, in our mouth than our gut. And if any of that bacteria is able to get into the bloodstream through reduce gum disease or gum lines, cavities, or some other way of entering the bloodstream can cause severe heart disease. So in researching mouthwashes, how effective are they? Well, researchers mixed mouthwashes and oral antiseptics into a rinse containing human COVID-19 viral infection. Then they tested the solution against human cells to see if the virus had been inactivated. Mouthwashes and gargles are extremely effective. Something so simple. And many of them 
inactivated over 99% of viruses in the solution after just 30 seconds exposure. Many times these viruses cause sore throats and they come into our bodies through the, through the mouth. So here's my tip, which I do every morning. At least every morning, sometimes twice a day. So for, let's say, once or twice a day, Chew two soft gel capsules of essential oil, and these are my favorite, cinnamon, clove, thyme, and oregano, or another choice would be eucalyptus and myrtle, and then swishing these in the mouth, these oils, for about 30 or 60 seconds. Swish between your teeth, swish around your mouth, and then swallow. These essential oils have been proven scientifically that they will destroy 99% of all bacteria and viruses. A good way just to keep your mouth clean, because we breathe in viruses through our nose and mouth. And it also gives you a very refreshing, effective, and natural mouthwash or mouth rinse, oral rinse. Very refreshing. When I travel, I always chew one or two when I'm on a plane flying. You know, I know they have filters on the plane. This is another way to filter out viruses and bacteria. Very effective. Now we showed you a little little bit about HIIT, H-I-I-T, or HIT rather, for building your heart, strengthening your heart. Now I'm going to give you one little tip on how to avoid a bad heart. How do you avoid lowering the, how do you, I should say, how do you lower the risk of having a bar, bad heart? Skip the soda, especially diet soda. Just because you eliminated the sugar, all the chemicals that are in diet sodas are extremely harmful as well. The researchers in France collected eight years of health data from over 100,000 adults while also asking them to report on their intake of soda, diet soda, fruit juice, and fruit drinks. The results... Versus people who never drank diet soda or any other drink with artificial sweeteners. 
Frequently consuming them increased the risk of heart disease by 20%. And this compares to another study that was done in 2019 that found that four or more diet drinks per day increased the risk of premature death from heart disease in women. So what do I drink? Well, here's some choices. Water. And if you don't like to just drink water, you can actually flavor it. You can buy natural flavoring. A couple of drops in your water will flavor it, whatever you want. Lemon, vanilla, whatever it might be. So water is a great choice, best choice. Tea and coffee are also high on the list for healthy beverages. Here's a little tip for you too on how, how so here's help for dry eyes. Common problem today, especially from aging and staring at screens and indoor heating, dry air during the winter months, but primarily because Americans are fixated on their screens. Americans spend 42% of their waking hours staring at a screen. That works out to almost seven hours a day over a lifetime, about 75 years, that totals almost 21 years of screen time. 53% of people say they take breaks from their computer by, by looking at their phone. Duh. 27% of people say they watch TV and look at their phone at the same time. Double whammy. And research shows that when people spend long hours in front of a computer screen, their blink rate, which moisturizes their eyes, slows down from an average of 15 blinks a minute by almost 50% down to 7 blinks per minute. The eyes become much drier. A longer pause between blinks allows moisture to evaporate from the surface of the eye. You know, you wouldn't think much of this, but it all comes down to a few little things. So the result is blurry vision, dry, red, irritated eyes. So to restore moisture to your eyes, there's a very unique form of oil called sea buckthorn oil, which has been shown to reduce inflammation in the eyes, increase moisture content of the tears. Now we're talking about taking this oil internally, not to drop the oil in your eyes. 
In a clinical study of 100 people with dry eyes, four capsules daily, soft gel capsules daily of a unique sea buckthorn oil called SB150, SB150, significantly relieved dry eye symptoms, including redness and burning. In a separate study on women with Sjogren's disease or Sjogren's syndrome, it's a disease causing all the membranes, the mucous membranes, to dry out, including the joints. The mucous membranes in the mouth, the nose, vagina, and in the joints where you have fluid. And, of course, the eyes. Dry eyes. SB150. Significantly improve the moisture content of the eyes, mouth, nose, and so on. And decreased dry eyes significantly. So the dosage to restore the moisture content of your eyes... It's about 500 to 2,000 milligrams daily. So that is about one to four soft gel capsules daily. So you can eliminate dry eyes with sea buckthorn oil internally, orally, by taking one to four soft gel capsules And in a very short period of time, based on the research, there was a higher moisture content to the eyes and other mucous membranes in the body, including the joints. So, my friends, I've run out of time, so I'm going to be off. But I'll be back here tomorrow, Sunday, 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock Central Standard Time. And again, I'll be here for you. So join me. Tell your friends and family to join Terry Talks Nutrition. And all this week, learn how to improve the quality of your life and your diet, making better choices, because you'll be the one to reap the benefits, whether it's good food or bad food. Respectively, you'll get either good diet, a bad diet, good health, bad health. Say a prayer for this crazy, crazy world. God bless you and God bless America.